0: You can't judge a man's will. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You can't measure a man's will. Oh, yes, when they, a man get the will that y'all guys have, the sky's a limit. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. The only thing that can stop us is us. Yes, yes sir. sir, Okay? Oh, yeah. So we gonna get better though. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, but I tell you what, you all have hearts of challenge. Oh, yes. You know? sir. And the heart of a life. Yes, sir, yes, sir. yes sir. Yes, sir. Say. Oh, yeah. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! that is coach sam washington piping up the aggies after they beat east carolina and which is a money game saying show me my money and this is the new episode of idk sports pod just wanted to get y'all start off with a little bit of motivation i think that's one of the best quotes i ever heard in my life show me my money but this is idk sports pod this is your boy anthony back with another episode don't forget to follow us at idk sports pod 23 on instagram and Get you. We can. You can be found anywhere where podcasts are on Apple Pod, Spotify. Don't forget to hit the subscription button or the follow button, so you can get any time that we upload any content to the pod this week. Big week in football, especially college football. The conference championship picture is taking place, and the college football playoffs is starting. And also in black college football, the SWAC championship was this weekend. The winner of the SWAC championship goes to the Celebration Bowl to face Howard. So big, big week in college football. Guys, we got some good pro games. We'll talk a little bit about pro football, too. But we're really going to really hone in on this college football playoffs and the committee recruiting transfer portal. We're going to really do a little bit of that today because we're getting towards the end, and we're going to talk about the landscape of college football today Um, with the new rules, with new transfer rules, how did it work out, Um, new coaches, coaches got fired, Let's, let's just, just talk college football all together. We got a whole conference that got this man. So, you know, we're going to talk a little college football, a little pro sports. So getting straight into it, straight into the pod. As um, far as conference championships go, has a lot of conference championship games today. I think the Conference USA, we had Tulane, uh, the prohibited favors, 22 ranked team in the nation, lost to SMU in the conference championship game to lose uh, the Conference USA championship game at their home stadium also uh the big 12 championship game was played today texas wins their first big 12 championship since 2010 that's the core years back when they went to the uh, championship game and lost to alabama um speaking of alabama alabama with a big upset over number one ranked georgia breaks their 22 game win streak and now are looking to see if they can get in the college football playoffs, but they did win the SEC championship. On Friday, the Pac-12 championship was won by Washington, having their first 13-0 season. Uh, Michael Penix, my personal favorite for the Heisman Trophy winner, um, behind Jaden Daniels, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. But shout out to Washington for winning the Pac-12 championship. Right now, as I speak, you got Florida State playing Louisville. Florida State is up 10-3. to kind of a tough task. They had a great season, but the quarterback Jordan Travis is out for the year, at the end of the year, and I think they got a true freshman start against Louisville, but they're trying to hold on to beat Louisville um, in the ACC championship game in Charlotte. Who else played today? I think Michigan also played today. And there's, I think they won. I just want to see about how much oh, they up. Up 20 to nothing going into the fourth quarter over Iowa. No surprise there. Uh, Liberty won the Conference USA Championship over New Mexico State. So Tulane lost the American Conference, I'm sorry, to SCP. Um, And also in the um, HBCU World, FCS, uh, Florida and Rattlers moved to the SWAC three years ago and has won the SWAC championship and has won the ticket and the right to go play Howard at the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta. So, shout out to the uh, Rattlers down there in Florida and all the conference champions that, all the conference champions that solidified and won their season with a championship this year. Uh, Howard had already solidified the MIAC with having no conference championship game, winning their first conference title since 1993. 30 years ago. That's that's a long time. So let's let's talk about a little bit what the conference championship titles mean, right? So let's talk about a little bit of the FBS, right? The big thing is that Alabama beat Georgia, and the conference committee is sitting in their room, just they don't know what to do now. Georgia lost. That makes things a lot more complicated. So now Alabama sit sitting there with only one loss to the university of texas who's a conference champion of the big 12 and now you got Florida state who looked really good when they had their quarterback don't have their quarterback but if they hold on they'll be an undefeated acc champion michigan look like they're gonna win the big 10 and be an undefeated champion in the big 10 so that michigan is in washington is definitely in toss down to the last two spots does texas get in with georgia losing i think so um and then that, that fourth spot is going to come down to like preference it's going to come down to preference I mean, Florida State with Jordan Travis it would be no question but when Jordan Travis got hurt oh, it. He got, it, it made things complicated because right now, college football playoffs are supposed to be about the best four teams which I think is a crock of bull but I think Florida State should get in regardless, but Probably for the best four teams, and the best four teams right now, in my opinion, right now in college football, are Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. But if Florida State wins the ACC championship, it's never been a Power Five champion stuck looking on the outside in. You know, so would they not have the SEC in this year? Maybe, maybe not. I'm, I'm. me personally I don't see how you could do it but you know we've seen crazier things I don't see how you can penalize Florida State for still having an undefeated season and being a power 5 champion Um and you let Alabama jump them just because they're in the SEC granted I do think they played a harder schedule and beating Georgia means a lot but the week before the committee put them at number 8 so they're going to jump from 8 to 4 you know so, and you can't put Alabama in without putting Texas in. Texas has to get in. Texas beat Alabama. Head to head. Went to Alabama and beat Alabama. It wasn't just like they beat them neutral site beat them on their home field they beat Alabama at Alabama so that's going to be a, something, something to see I personally think your top four if Florida State wins out has to be Michigan at one Washington at two Florida State at three and Texas at 4 has to be because you can't put Alabama in over a Pac-5 champion that went undefeated they still went undefeated you know um, a little bit other things around college football news I mean all my West Coast fans I guess it <laughs> gotta let the Pac-12 Pac-12 is gone Friday solidified the end of the Pac 12 with Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA heading to the playoffs, heading to the Big Ten. And then Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah heading to the Big 12, leaving it with just two schools, Oregon State and Washington State, basically changing the whole dynamic of college football, changing it from the power four, power five to the power four you know what I'm saying, nobody, um, oh, and I forgot Cal and Stanford is going to the ACC, so got the got Pac-12 as we know it, who had memories of the U.S.A., UC, I mean U.S.C. teams, Reggie Bush teams, UCLA teams, Oregon teams, that was really good, there's no more there's no more Pac-12 football in Washington State, and i just sitting out there. it's out there all alone. Out there all alone. There's no um, no other conference wanting them, no power five wanting them. Big 10 didn't want either one. 12 I mean uh, Big 12 didn't want either one. ACC was not prepared to pull the trigger. So it looks like Washington State and Oregon State are gonna have to go down to um group of five schools or group of six. If you make a new conference, but um, it, it's kind of like the end of an era, you know, and the funny thing about it, when you think about it, the, Pac, the Pac-12 started the expansion. They stole teams from the Big 12, Colorado, from the Big 12, Arizona, not Arizona, but Colorado was in the Big 12, they stole Utah from the Mountain West, you know, they, they started the expansion from when they was at the Pac-7, and they got up to 12 teams. And the same thing that they started end up being at their, their demise. That's 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 just like some real irony. Not irony, but like I don't want to say poetic justice. I can't think of the word right now, it's kind of late, but that's just that's crazy. That they started it and then it end up being their demise. I mean on West Coast, true West Coast football, which brings me to my other point that conferences. The whole landscape of college football, especially on the Power 5, FBS level, has changed. Conferences don't mean as much as they used to. Because when you had conferences, you had regional influence. Like, you knew, like, USC, Oregon, all them in the Pac-12, There's mostly California kids, you know? kids from California, kids from the Midwest. You know, people knew each other like a regional influence. The Big 12 was the Southwest land. You see the Southeast. Um, Big 10 was Midwest. ACC had the East Coast. Like you had regional influence, which made the games that much more because most of the players were from the area. But I don't see how you keep the same regional not the same regional, but same enthusiasm. You got Cal flying across country to play ACC schools along with Stanford, along with uh, you got SMU in the ACC now. How are you the Atlantic Coast Conference when Cal is on the Pacific Coast? Like a bad Birdman ending to a song, like Atlantic Pacific, that is. Like, you know, it sounds like a bad a rap lyric. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the Midwest Conference, the Big Ten that pride themselves on the Midwest with two California schools. Um, the SEC is the only one keeping it kind of regional, Texas, and them are still in the South. SEC don't really have any schools out of the southern border, so it's kind of still got that conference regional feel. That's why it's, their games feel like it means more because L- Louisiana kids versus Alabama kids. You know, Mississippi, Mississippi State, you know, Florida, you know, um, it's the, the SEC still got teams in the area. But if I'm owner of a uh of a um, like of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um uh, like Delta or American Airlines or any plane company, I'm calling Cal because it's about to but I'm about to be like, It'll be so much money you gotta fly for every sport not just football every sport y'all had to fly across country to play a conference game a conference game so i mean money money has you know changed nil's changed the sport uh tv deals have changed the sport pac-12 real demise was it couldn't get a tv deal the best tv deal they could get with was with apple tv it wasn't that great of a deal Big Ten just signed a huge deal with Fox SEC just signed a huge deal with um, ESPN so the landscape of college football that as people that's my age and older remember has completely changed now. completely changed um, you don't have you don't have the same intensity of some of these rivalry games because some of these rivalry games won't be played before. Oklahoma going to the SEC is no more battle at battle but Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Still get the Red River showdown with Texas and Oklahoma with both of them going to the SEC. But you don't get Oregon State or Washington State, Washington. That means a lot to people in that area. You know? Um, the big... Now I guess you can create new rivalries, but these—it just—it just ain't gonna feel the same, you know. Having USC play Iowa in November for a Big Ten matchup—how is it called the Big Ten anymore with all these teams? Like, like, don't you gotta change the name eventually? Like something else? Like, I, I don't get it. At least the Pac-12 changed their name, but you know the Big Ten still saying the Big Ten, they got way more than 10 teams. And then the other thing, what does it do for Notre Dame? I know Notre Dame has a ton of money. have a great uh, fan base. NBC still pays them a lot of money to show their games on Peacock and NBC. Um, But I do think for them, if they ever want to get to a college football playoffs with the way the conference stuff is aligned, they're going to have to join a conference. Because it's going to come down to basically now conference champions are the only ones that get invited to the uh, college football playoffs. If you're not a conference champion, like, in order for another name to get in, they will have to schedule a crazy schedule of a bunch of ranked Power Five teams. And then that's going to be limited because they now have more conference games that they have to play. So big interception. Florida State. Florida State trying to hold on. It's 10 to 6 for 10 minutes left. Defense is really keeping them in there. That's like a second pick. But, um, yeah, back to Notre Dame. I know they're proud of being independent, but it's not as many non-conference slots available for each team. So now you got to a point now where you're not even playing good teams anymore. Well, not good teams. But you're not playing a ranked powerful teams. You might be going to play a Uh, American conference team you might play a JMU you might play a uh, Marshall you might play teams that yeah you get a dub they're decent teams but you're not getting the cliche and the resume builder to be able to uh, make it into the college football playoffs so what about the next couple of years are you going to be able to um Make it uh make it to the class four playoffs without a championship as an independent, even if you're undefeated, people you might say your resume is not good enough. How do you keep a Big Ten champion out? How do you keep a SEC champion out? Even with one loss. Because it's like, okay, you had you paid pay more quality opponents. So something to think about. Or they might have to, you know what I'm saying, reevaluate how they how they do their things. Um, I know they've been independent for a long time, and I know they've got uh, plenty of money. Money is not a problem. I think Notre Dame makes almost just as much as the Big Ten Conference on football alone, which is crazy. But if they want to get back to their championship ways and hold coaches to that standard, they're probably going to have to join the conference pretty soon. You know? Um, just my thoughts. But again, I don't know what I'm talking about Celebration Bowl. Spike Championship. that M wins it 34-13 to against Prairie View a and Really no surprises there. They punched their tickets to the Celebration Bowl against Howard. A um, couple thoughts on that game. Watched both teams extensively this year. Um, Howard is a really good team. Not their record. Don't show it. Challenge themselves a lot. Um, had two ch- chances to beat the FBS team beat one group of five FBS team in the Mac with Eastern Washington and also was one play away from beating Northwestern who made a bowl game the Power Five Conference. So that is how Howard is, is battle tested. Um, I think they I think their strength is their offensive line. They have three great backs with Hunter um, and Edrin James or Edrin James Edrin James son. Uh, I think their quarterback has seen a lot. He's a six-year senior, you know. Uh, great. He can throw the football when he's when he's focused. Uh, when Quentin sometimes is a gunslinger, though. But I think if they run the football, I think they're a very physical team on both sides of the ball, defense and offense. Um, I really think that uh, Howard... Is going to be the more physical team in this battle. Not taking nothing away from FAMU, FAMU is a really good team. I think they might have a little bit more speed on the outside Um than Howard. As far as the receivers, I think they have a good offensive line and a great offensive line. I think they have a pretty good defense. I think their secondary. I think the defense plays very well. Not like one individual. I think their defense plays very well, um, led by Isaiah Land. Um, I think gonna be a good game i think it has a chance to get a runaway i think uh me personally might not like to hear it you know but i don't think family really been tested all year besides when they played usf i think in their conference it showed with the conference championship game they dominated all year long to only one loss all year i think howard has been tested in a tougher conference and tougher non-conference games where Sometimes when you're, like, kind of just sleepwalking through and through the season where you know you're so much better in teams, when you meet a team on the same level as you in this type of environment at the at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, sometimes um, you can, you know, get punched in the mouth early and not know how to respond. Uh, I do think that FAMU is a really good team, but sometimes – you always when you when you can turn it on whenever you want, beat some of the teams you're playing. When you play a team that's just as good as you or maybe even better, you can't just turn it on like that. You just can't turn it on and then think you're gonna catch up because this team is just as good as you, if not better. But there's gonna be a great atmosphere. Two two very strong fan bases, two teams that haven't won a championship in a long time. I think this is both teams outright championship in thirty years. Um FAMU is going to travel heavy to Atlanta. I mean, that's all they've been talking about. Um, The schedule that they made was made Atlanta or nothing. Um, I think FAMU is going to have a great crowd at Celebration Bowl. And I really think that um, Howard's going to have a decent showing, too. Maybe not as big as FAMU, but Howard's going to have a decent showing. I do expect for at least 35, maybe 40,000 there. Um, I don't think to see much drop off even after the Dion years because Celebration Bowl was big before Dion got there and it's still big now, especially when it comes to college football playoff. I mean, college football. Um, prediction of the game, I do think, and I'm kind of biased, I'm not even going to lie, but it is also rooted in fact. I do think Howard is going to pull it out in a close game. Um, I think Howard beats him 24-21. Um, low scoring game. I think Howard jumps on them early and keeps the league the whole game. I think they run the ball. I think they run from 250 plus on FAMU. I think FAMU might have more passing yards, might have more explosive plays, but I think Howard, if everything goes to plan from what I've seen, I think they will run um, Have a field day running the football if they also are healthy um, against FAMU. Um, I think FAMU really needs to throw the ball well to win. I think Howard has a better defensive line than that FAMU offensive line has seen all year, and I think it's going to be tough for them to get the run game going. So the SWAC Player of the Year, Jeremy Musa, is going to have to hit open passes and um, make some plays, and we'll see how that goes. I think quarterbacks are pushed. I think would have the better running back room and offensive line. I do think FAMU has the better linebackers and DBs, though. So, it's going to be a good test. It's going to be a good game. I mean, it's always, you know, the Black College National Champion between the two conferences when they call themselves the Black College National Champion. So, you know, that should be a really, really good game. Um, Let's get into a little bit of NFL football before I go more into my other topics of college football. Um, NFL football has been, it's gotten better. I was kind of skeptical at the first part of the year. The first part of the year was so slow. It was slow. Like, I mean, like the quarterback play was horrible. Um, The defenses were doing good, but it's like you just didn't have real competent quarterbacks on each side of the um, on each side of the conferences, like, you know, you had some good quarterbacks. Of course, you got your Lamars with balling. Jalen was doing decent. Brock Purdy was even balling a little bit. But, like, after you got past like the top tier, everybody else was looking real mediocre. But I guess now, here we are on week 13. You know, the last three weeks, I'm going say around week 10, people started to wake up a little bit. Offense started getting better. Started actually putting up some points. Um, and had some decent games. Um, Thursday night game was a great game. I think the Cowboys, Cowboys pulled it out 41 35. That was one of the first Thursday night games in a while that's really meant something to me. Because I still think that both of them are still outside contenders for the NFC. Like, you got your t- top tier contenders, right? You got, like, on the NFC, you know, of course, you got the Eagles, you got the Niners. Um, really the Eagles and Niners up there by themselves in the NFC. And then you got that second tier of team where you got the Seahawks, you got the Cowboys. Um in the NFC that's really it for our team. Like in the NFC you really got the top two te- the top teams in the NFC are the are the Niners And the Eagles. But the Cowboys and the Seahawks are lurking. I think the Seahawks kind of hit us like a little slide, but I think they still gonna get do enough to get a wild card spot and they can do some damage in the playoffs. I think Geno kinda woke up. I think they found Charbonnet can be a good spell back for Kenneth Walker. DK finally showed up. I think they should. Try to look for Tyler Lockett a little bit more, but the Seahawks is a, one of my teams I thought could get to the NFC championship game. I think I said it in the last football part. I think they can get there. Um, I think that's a really all around decent football team. They have good defense. They got a good offense. They can run the football. You know, it's just about their offense can stay consistent. And get the Cowboys, they had a great offensive showing, but defense didn't show up. Um, week another two top teams in the NFC the Niners and the uh, Eagles play this week I think that game is at Lincoln Financial in Philly so that already gives them an advantage when you have a West Coast team coming to the East Coast Um, a West Coast team coming to the East Coast always gives an advantage to the East Coast team because you're playing um, they had to travel across the country but it is a 4 o'clock game that does help them. I think it's not a 1 o'clock game. I think it was a 1 o'clock game. The Eagles probably would maybe manhandle them. I think we'll get a better game now. That it's a 4.30 game. So, you know, it's not as rough on the West Coast team. Um, I think that team, I think that game is going to be a good game. And think it's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to A, who can run the football. Can CMC go off on this Philly defense? Which shows that it can be ran on if done right, you know? I'm not saying that CMC is going to go for like 150 a buck, 50 or nothing like that. But if CMC can take pressure off Brock Purdy and really get like 70 yards in the tub, maybe catch for another 20, maybe 100 all-purpose yards, then I think the Eagles might be in a little bit of trouble because now if he can, they can run the ball, you can't unleash the pass rushes like you want, so you still have to stay in your running lanes because um, CMC is that much of a target. I mean that much of a dynamic player. If you if you don't stay in your rush lane and hit you with a draw play, then you watching them run into the end zone. Um, I do think in this game both quarterbacks are going to have to make more plays than they probably made all year. And not saying that neither has made plays all year. I think Jalen is not going to be able to wait to end of the game to make. I think Jalen's going to have to make some key throws early. I think he's going to at least need about. 225 passing and really open up this defense so they can run the football with DeAndre Swift. But he's going to have to make some plays with his legs and, and arm early, early for them to win this game. Can't wait to the last minute. I think Brock Purdy is going to have to stand back there and make some throws. Um, I think Kittle's going to have to be involved because they're going to have to get the ball out quick. I think um, Ayuka is going to have to win his matchup, whether it's Bradbury or Slay. And I think they're going to really have to use Debo to their full effect to really get this defense spread out and get them thinking. I think whoever gets the defensive, whoever gets their defensive coordinator thinking the most and making calls that he normally doesn't make will win the game. If if, um, Shanahan can make the Eagles defensive coordinator think, and you don't see that relentless rush like you normally see and them getting after the quarterback and stuff and they kind of sit back more in the zone maybe not rush four all the time, rush three you know, try to disguise more and not just rush their four that they have then I think then then you leave yourself open to different type of plays that normally wouldn't work against that defense same thing with the Eagles if um I think it's Ben Johnson, if the, if the offensive coordinator can call some plays, you know, get Jalen running a little bit, you know, get uh Swift going. That RPO just opens up, and I think um Devontae's going to have to open up the defense, take some shots. I mean, 49ers lost their safety, so I think like, they're going to have to run up some, um, run some shots, some big shots, like 40-yard, 50-yard shots, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, Good game. I think it's going to be a great game. Actually, you know, probably going to link with the boys and watch the game. So if you're listening to it now, you know, I got friends on both sides of the aisle. So we'll see how it go Me personally, I don't give a damn too much because my team is trashed and we just fired another coach. So if you know the whole dynamic of that, then you know what team I'm talking about because we're not going to talk about them. All I know is that, you know, I just need the owner to. You just let it go bro Let the football people make decisions man. And that brings me into my next topic About fired coaches man Fired coaches Man Like For both For both brands of football for NFL and college football NFL I'm just gonna say my part um me being the panthers fan i never thought we should have hired frank wright to begin with i think we should have stayed with steve wilkes who went six and six in his last in the last 12 games after you already made the bad hire of matt rule um i'm not saying that matt rule wasn't to take a chance on Matt rule that we gave that man 70 something million dollars and we're still paying them we're still paying matt rule while he's at nebraska And now, we go hire Frank Wright, who just got fired from the coast, who had a, a decent tenure at the coast but you had the man Steve Brooks there, who's now the defensive coordinator at the 49ers, and they're balling at 1-6 game games. You know, you trade away DJ Moore. Trade away CMC. I got that. CMC was a hit on the salary cap. CMC was a running back. He was getting older. And contrary to people's belief, we we really was I look for? CMC really wasn't healthy this much until now. He was way injury prone at Carolina for the past three years. Now he's healthy. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing what happens when you leave Charlotte. Sometimes you just become a better person, I guess. I don't know. The Panthers just can't get it right. But he left, he left CMC. Um, CMC left um, we, we got rid of him got it. Cap money, you know what I'm saying? we we'll find another running back, right? But the DJ Moore trade to get the first pick to get Bryce Young is crazy to me. You trade the target that the young quarterback needed, and then you throw him to the wolves and now he looks horrible because his number one receiver is Adam Thielen. He's never been a number one, even when he was at Minnesota. And then something Mingo, I mean, he looks good. he's a young player too, but you know, we just have all kind of problems. Oh, and then you compile that by firing a man halfway through his first season. Why? Who are we going to get now? And now I'm hearing things of like Kellen Moore and Ben Johnson? Oh, We're going to fire Frank Wright to get Kellen Moore? He's making Herbert look horrible. Dak looks better since Kellen Moore left, but not not us, not in Charlotte. That's what we need. We take we take trash and it stays trash. I guess I don't know. I don't. know. But we, so firing coaches in the NFL most time we don't see it mid season like that, but you know I guess our I guess our new owner said. <laughs> What can I say? What can I say to him? What can I say? And then on the college ranks, we got some higher, some firings that we kind of knew was going to happen. Jimbo, just wasn't working out at Texas A&M. Didn't really take Texas A&M to the heights they thought they would be taken to, and you know, the five and six seasons. But you know, he getting the money though. They got to pay him, like, brother, he just signed a contract. They said I owe him, like, $68 million. Man, I'm in the wrong profession, man. I I, I like my job. But I should have worked harder to become a coach, man. It ain't got to be good to get bread. You know what I'm saying? Get to that point. Team be trash. I can sit in the crib, collect three, four million over a couple years. Bruh, like, i'm in the wrong profession but yeah they got rid of jimbo fisher um houston got rid of daniel holgram i think that's the name uh left when well, he left west virginia after them good years of west virginia he could never find his foot in houston which is crazy to me i feel like houston is a better market to better market to recruit at but like i guess it's harder to recruit in texas than people think um who else got fired the Oregon State coach with the Michigan State. I think that's a great hire for Michigan State. Um, somebody that worked in the area, as Oregon State, where not a lot of players are there. And recruiting, he built Oregon State to like a really good Pac-12 team. Um, it's a good hire for Michigan State. They could have went the celebrity route, but they stayed. Of the course, and they went and hired them an actual football coach. So I think I think this will help them in the long run it's kind of unfortunate what happened to Bell Tucker but you know you gotta be more careful than that you know what I'm saying so um I think that's a good hire uh, Duke is not looking for a coach because their coach went to Texas AM. and not surprised that he left Duke so early I mean Duke is a in North Carolina but it's a private school and it's hard to recruit there and, and Texas A&M got more money it's keeping it above you know Texas Texas money is different State Texas. And he was on the coaching staff for like eight years and a D coordinator. So or defensive coach. I'm coordinator. So um, not surprised that he left Duke so early. Hopefully Duke oh, can find another coach. Um, JMU coach left town real quick. Took the Indiana job. Now why would he do that? JMU you had a great year this year but I've been telling people that COVID year and that and all these medical red shirts some of these some of these some of these kids just gotta let go. just gotta let it go man you're like seven eight year seniors and JMU had a lot of six or seven for your seniors on their team I don't think they're gonna and all them gotta go I don't think they're gonna be that great next year no, I really don't so The man saw the writing on the wall, saw a power five job, took Indiana job. I mean, I'm not surprised at him. I would take Indiana job. All I gotta do is win six, seven games a year. Six, seven games a year. Make a bowl game. They'll be okay if I go four and five like the last man um, went there. Only got fired because he only won two games in the past, like two games a year for the past three years. But before that, all he won was six, five, seven. Recruited Michael Penix. It would have been better if uh, Michael Penix would have stayed and he get injured all them years. He was almost, I think he hurt himself three times while at Indiana. So, um, sometimes some programs are just easier to coach at. You know, with the expectations are not there. Sometimes you can just sit there and be seven and four. Six and five, eight and three, once in a while, compete for a conference championship. Look at the man in Iowa. He's been there for forever. them teams be basic offense. They still run the same offense they ran in the 80s. But they ain't even talking about getting rid of that man. That man hired his son as the OC. But he wins. He wins seven to eight games a year. That's all Iowa ever wanted. They know they're not national championship um, contenders ain't no football players like that in Iowa we talked about that last part like the recruiting is not there so um, a lot of coaches um, jump ship and a lot of fan bases gotta be prepared that their team just cause you're good one year don't mean you're gonna be good every year. some people are, you just are who you are you got the national powers then you got the team that's good because it's an era that, that coach was able to bring in good players Y'all was able to win, but you know, JMU next year oh, might be a little rough for you. Might have to rebuild a little bit, but that's okay. It'd be like ODU; they've been rebuilding ever since Tyler Hanky left. Tyler Hanky left. Still tried. Minute, I mean, it's been a minute, So I think ODU only since they moved up in yes It, it hasn't made the one bowl game that's crazy probably should have stayed fcs Uh, um last thing i want to get into before i get out of here um with this good episode of idk sports pod don't forget to check us out on idk sports pod 23 on instagram and don't forget to like and follow wherever you get your podcast that apple pod or spotify podcast um don't forget you can dm me ask me any questions um hit me up we can talk about your topic on the show um definitely got some good got some things in store a little bit better equipment now a little bit you know what i'm saying might have some video content coming maybe some um, watch parties for some bowl games coming you know interviews coming we got a lot of things a lot of things in the works that i'm trying to work on you know started this on, started this about what three months ago you know and you know it became a passion now so we're we gonna keep moving forward so definitely support the channel and all i need when it comes all i need when it comes to support is just for you to go to your apple pod or spotify and just hit subscribe and listen I'm not asking for any money and ask for no patreon or cash up or nothing like that you know just go listen to your boy you know hit the like button tell about tell it to your friends mama cousin brother anybody and let them know you know there's a guy out here talking real sports for you know the average person Bringing back barbershop talk to the pot of the spot uh not spot what i'm talking about see i told you it's late of the podcast world, you know, you know what I'm saying, I'm not trying to have any crazy taste, I'm trying to give you a little bit about my opinion, a little bit about my thought process, and then, you know, also give you some good content, you know, every now and again, but don't take me too serious, because I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, let's get into my final topic today, my final topic today is the Transform Portal. Boy, some of y'all, some of y'all schools are nervous, ain't you? Some of y'all got some fire the coach because of it. You know, my shit to find that coach. Some of y'all got players. The transfer portal, I think, opens up Tuesday, I think December 5th. Early signing period is December 16th. And that's when you want to get most of your boys because you want them to get in and be able to play spring ball and um, spring camp and go through spring ball so you can get ready for the season. You want to get committed, but that transfer portal, boys, getting hit. Some of y'all teams just, you know what I'm saying, in the locker room is looking around like. Some of y'all teams is really, really looking lonely out here. Transfer portal getting deep. And I'm talking about with starters. I mean, now that'd be funny, and I know my parents probably hate me, but A&T. Only has one quarterback on the roster. The other three hit the transfer portal. Hey, you gotta get out there and recruit heavy. You gotta get out there and recruit heavy. And I'm not just talking about for HBCU's all schools. I mean it's this transfer portal is a different beast. And it can change you from fame to fortune quickly. Now you still gotta have me personally, I still think you gotta have like a like a, a balance between high school players transfer portal JUCO you know what I'm saying if you're a team that's like decent like say I got everything but I need like that one playmaker receiver or a couple playmaker DB Oh, what's in this portal for you You just gotta find it you gotta recruit you gotta even recruit back your own team you gotta recruit your own team cause if you don't you could be sitting there having a whole new team next year of young players, and you can't get better, so you got to recruit your team, keep, keep your guys there, so, um, you know am so saying, you can build that continuity between your, between your players. But that transfer portal is heavy. That rule came out and said, if you want a good quarterback, between 1.4 million, 1 million and 4 million for NIL. I told y'all, once this NIL hit full effect, the transfer portal full effect, it is wild, wild west out there. And you, and you hope your coaches know how to navigate it. Because if you got one that don't, you're going to get left behind. Talking about, oh, if you got a coach talking about, oh, I'm going to transfer port, All I get is, um, I, I'm going to build a program. If players want to go, they can go. I'm not taking any players back. i going to be real lonely in the locker room. Because guys are going to test the water. It's, like, it's basically like college free agency. Now, a lot of players need to be be very careful because if you don't got no offer like this, if you're a transfer and you ain't got no offers in December, you might be left out in the cold. You might want to call your coach back and say, "Hey, I made a mistake. Can I come back?" Because if you go out in that portal and you and when this portal open, you don't have three, four offers off the rip, and that means that you're wasn't as good as you thought you was. You know, he wasn't. <laughs> Think you better just let it go and come back. Be that practice player. Work to get on the work to get on the field because everybody is not going to come in and be started, right? Everybody can't. Everybody, everybody can't. Everybody can't come be starters, but. Transfer portal also can bring fortune. It's a couple of players that I'm looking at, you know, a couple of quarterbacks, you know, in the HBCU round. A couple of big-time players on the, on the FBS round. Like, I think Cameron Ward for Washington State is going to be a highly touted transfer. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to the SEC or Big 12. The Texas Uh A couple of... uh HBCU guys that might get some power five on um, two from Alabama State uh, which that team should have been better but uh, Keyshawn Johnson the receiver he should be he probably going to be a power five commit and um, Maddox the corner 6 195 I think big corner um, he's probably going to get a power five FBS offer as well So you know it's the new age of college football that we're in this is the age of you know what can you do for me now and colleges are having to adjust transfer portal is, is basically a new free agency and basically letting players negotiate you get one free one and you grad transfers can transfer anytime after you graduate and you get to be able to transfer if your, coaches, if your coach leave for free Another free one where you can go play. Now, any other time you transfer outside of those three things, then you know you got to sit out of here. But a lot of players are, you know, excuse me, a lot of players are testing the waters, seeing what they get offered. And alumni just got to understand that there's no loyalty, these players are loyal to coaches. And these players are trying to do his best for themselves. All you can do is wish them the best and, you know, move forward with who your coach brings in or who your coach had. That's all you can do. I'm not going to hate on the kid because, you know, he wants to go somewhere else or get a different, different point of view. I mean, a different um, viewpoint, you know, but the grass ain't always green on the other side. Somebody did tell me that. But, so, you know. Don't get stuck out. I'm just telling some of these players, don't listen to everybody. Don't get stuck out here. And here it is. You know, damn, they're about to be first semester. I mean, like, end of the spring semester. You ain't got no offers. you just looking like. Oh, and then you just sitting there, you know. Um, and the coaches, you know, try to get out there and re-recruit your players. other coaches are coming to get them especially if they know they can play it's kind of like the job force now nobody wants to to train and develop everybody wants the person to come hit ready to go game time experience so i'm saying that's my thoughts on it like i said great um week of college football good games on sunday um definitely going to be checking some games out on Sunday because like I said, the Eagles 49ers play on Sunday. Uh, Who else got a good game? Chiefs and Packers is the Sunday night game. The Bengals and the Jaguars. You know, not, not too many games. Like I said, the highlight is going to be that 49ers game versus the Eagles. That's the highlight. Really only the game worth watching. Everybody else, you know, it's gonna be close. I mean it's gonna be close because the NFL, but every other game, you know, pretty decent game. But the big highlight game was at 425. On Fox, the Eagles versus the Niners. See how that goes. Definitely will be watching, you know, probably put a parlay or two in. If you know, you know. Um, but congratulations to all the conference champions this week. Congratulations. You know, it's not easy to be a champion. Everybody can't be it. So, as long as y'all live, y'all will always be champions. You always have that bond between each other. So, you know, it should always be applauded. Everybody can't win a national championship. Everybody can't be a conference championship. Sometimes, I think in media, we overlook the importance of a conference championship to players. That's what you come in the season to win. The national championship, yeah, you can say it, but you come in the season to win your conference. Because that's exactly what you can control. You play everybody. Everybody knows you play. Look like, as I'm talking, Florida State. Florida State, like, they're about to um, wrap up an undefeated season and win the ACC championship. So it's going to get interesting tomorrow at noon for this college football playoff. rough let's see what happens i personally think florida state has to get in they don't it's sec bias and you're gonna hear a lot of uproar about it but 13-0 this beat louisville 16-6 to congratulations to florida state when the acc title had a good year came in with the expectations and they won it so shout out to them so Know, not gonna talk too much more on this pod. You know, we're talking, y'all been hearing my voice for about an hour. If you're listening today, I appreciate it. If you're a first time listener, I truly appreciate it. If you're a reoccurring listener, I appreciate it two times. Don't forget to tell your friends, mama, cousin, anybody IDK Sports Pod is the podcast, the premier podcast. We're talking sports with the average guy. Don't forget to subscribe on um, Apple Pod. Spotify, wherever you get your podcast at, subscribe so you get all the links, um, all the notifications and links that when I drop. You know what I'm saying? You get to see if I drop some bonus content, you even get to see if I get to drop some video content because that might be coming soon. You know, um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at IDK Sports Pod 23 We drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, you'll see a new pod. So, you know, thank you for listening. You know, until next time, I'm going to holler at you.